is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Alex Robertson, and we cover a lot from him graduating into a pandemic, deciding which path to take, the myth of toxic positivity, how you are enough, how he's in it for the long game, his mission, asking, and no longer being afraid of the word no. So I hope you enjoy this part one with Alex Robertson. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Alex Robertson. Alex, thank you for joining me today. Of course, anytime, Clay. You know, uh, any chance I get to hang out with you, is a, it's always a great one. So. <laughs> I, this constant contact we have it, since we've met has been incredible. I, we average, what, like three to, three to five times a week we're chatting. We're yeah. seeing each other. So it's just, it's so nice to, to make another friend in the theater community exactly. on the producing side, which is the future of producing, which you are. And I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about a strange loop and so much more. But before we do, I want to take it back to the beginning of time for Alex Robertson. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? That is a wonderful question. Um, so I was thankful to be in a family that had already embraced the arts uh, uh, from generations prior. Um, my father grew up in the church and was a reverend and he was always in singing groups and that influence definitely translated to me and um, my most immediate brother. Um, we were both in music classes when we were younger. My brother um, played the piano and he, was, uh, he would do shows at school and I'll never forget being like a little kid and watching my brother. Uh, I believe he was in Honk junior um and he played uh ugly uh, the main character and i'll never forget being like oh i want to do that like that's that's cool um <laughs> and i didn't quite like know what that was really i just knew like oh, i want to be on film i want to be an actor like whatever it is um and I really made every effort to put myself in places where I could do that. Mm. Um, I was fortunate enough to, when I was uh, transitioning from eighth grade to high school, I auditioned for this after-school theater program in my community. Um, it was called Academy of Theater Arts. And what's so special about this place is it was literally built just for young kids and um, middle schoolers, high schoolers who want to get more of a conventional music musical theater training upbringing that you wouldn't necessarily find in a public high school or even a private high school. Um, so I was very fortunate um, under the direction of Dina Slauson um, to be able to uh, perform in so many great shows. Uh, we did two shows twice a year. Um, uh, and it was really a glorious thing for me to have a community of people who love theater as much as I did outside of my school, because school was just the place where I was getting my basic education. But in theater classes, I was able to be my most authentic self, I felt. And um, that really ultimately led to senior year when I was like, OK, I want to make this my career. I'm going to go to school and get a BFA and then um, take that journey. and. I'll never forget the process of going on all of those college auditions. Um, when I was specifically in New York, this is when uh, the snow Mageddon uh, happened in uh, 2016. And so uh, <laughs> we were actually at, I believe, 
it's either Pearl or Ripley, one of the two, but we stopped auditions because there was so, the snowstorm was so um, <laughs> rampant. And um, oh I ended up just walking into a random room because there were still schools there. And I was like, hey, are you still taking auditions? Um, and this happened to be Temple University. And I, I'll never forget, we literally like, did an audition while it's snowing outside, nothing's going on. Broadway shows were canceled that day. And we did a combination to Hamilton. And <laughs> I'll never forget that experience because it, it jumpstarted me into realizing like, oh my gosh, not only can I do this, I can go on auditions, but I'm having fun at the same time. Mm. Um, and it ultimately came down between Temple University and University of Hartford, the Hart School, um, in terms of what I was deciding between because uh, the Hart School, when I visited, it gave me that feeling of community that I was seeking from a, a college education. Um, and I just didn't feel that way at Temple, even though I did really like the program and the people that I met there. Um, so I ultimately decided to go to the Hart School um, in Connecticut to start my BFA in musical theater. Um, and it was a four year journey of magic and just growth, really. I, I didn't, even though I had a good amount of training going into college auditions, I still didn't feel like I had the years and years of training that some other kids did because they started when they were young and they got to be in ballet classes and that just wasn't my journey. Mm. So I felt that even though I was confident in my skill set, I still had a long way to go. Um, and I am so thankful for the Hart School and the professors that were there that really instilled a great work ethic in me and also challenged me to grow beyond what I thought I was capable of. Um, and yeah, so I ultimately graduated in 2020 uh, into a pandemic. <laughs> um, and what's funny is I have to point out uh, the fact that up until this point, I was so set on, I'm going to be an actor. I am going to be working professionally. By the time I was a senior, I had already uh, had some great contracts um, that I did um, at the New London Barn Playhouse and also Playhouse on Park. And um, I knew like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna do this. It's gonna be great. So it's March of 2020, and we are three days away from our agent showcase in New York City. I'm already in New York. I'm like excited. I'm so ready to just show the world what I have. And we get the notification that everything's shutting down and we ultimately do not get to perform our showcase. Um, it's wild because we didn't expect this sharp transition, especially for all of us at school. We literally were saying goodbye. We didn't even say goodbye, actually. We all were going on spring break and that's the time of the semester where everyone's a little tired and we just don't really say goodbye. And we're like, oh, we'll see you in two weeks. And then that two weeks turned into, oh, we'll see you in three weeks. And then we just didn't get to see each other for a, a really long time after that. And um, it's very, um, it's a struggle for someone who is just starting off as an artist to be brought into 
an infrastructure that's not there when you've only known it to be one way Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden that is not there for you what do you do with that and i had a lot of time to sit and reflect and um really think about what artistic journey did I want to take? I knew that I loved performing, but I also, when I was in my undergrad, I minored in performing arts management. So I wanted to take those business classes. I wanted to get a well-rounded education. So I, as a performer or I, as an actor could know like what's on my contract or how do I negotiate or what does a general manager do? You know, those types of things were really important to me. Um, and while I had that time off, I realized I had a decision I could make. I could try to go to New York amidst the height of the pandemic and try to see what I can do for my acting career, or I could go back and maybe get some more education. And ultimately, um, in a period of a month, I believe it was May, one random night I'm at home back in Buffalo, um, as we switched to being online, uh, I was like, you know what, let me apply to my undergrad because I can just go into a regular uh, grad program for business and then get a degree. It's not necessarily what I intend to do, but it would be the safe option. And then my second option was, okay, I'll apply to a dream school. Um, And that dream school ended up being Carnegie Mellon University. Um, And it was a school that I actually never applied to even for undergrad because I was convinced that I was never good enough to ever be at a school like that. So when it came to applying on the grad level, I was like, I really have nothing to lose. Like, I I just, um, I got to see what happens. And lo and behold, I find out a couple weeks later that I get accepted into the master's in entertainment industry management program at Carnegie Mellon University, Heinz College. And life really opened up for me at that point. I I think I didn't expect such a wonderful surprise to happen by getting into an institution like that. But I realized, wait, my journey can be a little bit different than what I expected it to be. Um, And I ultimately set out on that path. And what was that? What was that decision to apply to Carnegie Mellon? Were there multiples of the, you know multiple universities in mind for that, or it was just like <clears throat> you I know, have a it's dream funny. And I um, have the other one. It was literally like two a.m. in the morning, and I like for some reason either couldn't sleep or I was just still up, and. I just Googled like entertainment (laughs) management programs in the US and that program came up as one of the top programs. And the more I looked into it, I realized, oh my gosh, this is not only in a very well-connected school, but it's also in a school where I feel like I'll have the proper tools to explore my career path. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is exactly what I found there. Uh, Once I started orientation in that summer of 2020, like I was immediately introduced to a cohort of wonderful people and also a wonderful staff and um, group of professors who really do care about the careers of their students. And that was something that was stressed from the beginning of my time there that I didn't necessarily get in my undergrad. I really felt supported in the idea that they not only cared that I would get a a working job, after, but that a job that I felt that I could succeed in and grow in. Hmm. Um, 
And yeah, so I ultimately start classes at Carnegie Mellon in the fall of 2020, um, except we're on Zoom because we're still in a pandemic. So not only do I move my entire life to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, I get an apartment and I am taking grad school classes from my laptop. And um, the nature of the program that I'm, I was in, um, we start off with some very um, analytic heavy courses. And I was taking economics and statistics at 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, and I have to say, I do not wish that upon anyone as much as um, I may love math and numbers. <laughs> it's not so fun that early in the morning. Um, but I, I'm such a creative person. And that really was my big reasoning behind pursuing a degree like that, because I knew um, year two, I would be able to transition into the program um, hub being in California, in LA, um, and we would get to work in um, studios. There's a lot of internship opportunities that we have, and uh, that was really what I was gearing up towards. So I go to CMU and I realized like, okay, maybe I want to be a studio executive. Like that's that's the path. And like, I can still perform. I can still, um, I still get joy from that, but I think this is the thing that will allow me to support myself a little bit better. Um, and I go through the semester and it really ultimately weighs on me, my decision to completely change my route. Because um, once again, I expected in that time frame to have my first year off of school right. and also my first my first time just being able to explore my career for what it was. Um, and I didn't give myself that option. Um, and by the time the end of the semester rolls around, I realized I wasn't as happy or content with the path I was taking. And I, it was a really, really hard decision, but I ultimately decided that I needed to take a break from that program and take some time to just experience life. Um, and especially since I value the hands-on learning experience so much, I wanted to really come back to a learning environment and be able to have that. It was very important to me. So I thought it would be nice to wait out the pandemic and see what I could return to. And okay. So <laughs> there, I have so many questions. Um, okay. So Carnegie Mellon, what was the final, what was the final, final decision to uh, stop pursuing that situation? out in Pittsburgh and moved to New York and just get right into it? Was there one particular moment that stood out in your mind where you were like, there, yeah, I got to go? <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because the moment doesn't actually happen until months and months later after I had already left because I left with the intention of coming back. I didn't completely just drop out. Um, I was like, I need to take a break. Um, and so up and through the summer, I was convinced that I was going back to CMU in the fall of 2021. Um, and there is a specific day in August, actually, that I had a phone call with someone who is now my boss. Um, and what is funny about this phone call is uh, in my efforts of producing and um, 
raising funds for shows, this was someone that I ended up calling and um, gauging their is their interest on if they were um, looking to invest in an off Broadway production. Um, and it's funny because the more I talk to him on the call, um, <laughs> it ultimately leads to him saying at the end, hey, do you want a job? Um, and it was not how I expected this phone call to go. I expected to, you know, maybe raise some funds, but a job offer was something I never saw coming. And I said to him, well, I, I'd love to chat about it, but that does sound like something I'm interested in. And he explained to me that he was looking for someone to come on in a producer um, or associate producer um, role and work on the commercial off-Broadway productions that they were working on. Um, and you know, here I am thinking like I have, I know I have a college degree. I know I'm going to go back to grad school, but my only reason for going to grad school is because I think going to grad school is going to get me the job or put me in the place that I think I want to be in. And here in this moment, someone has now given me that opportunity to have that thing that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And it was that day that I realized oh, like maybe grad school wasn't the path for me. And maybe like this was all supposed to happen this way. And I ultimately take this job. I move to New York in August um, and I ultimately do um, uh, remove myself from the program. Um, and it was it's not an easy decision to leave something like that, especially with um, how much I really do respect and love the university, but it was the best decision for me. And um, I ultimately transitioned into New York and um, it took me a couple months to find an apartment. I was actually like living out of my car at some point um, in the city until we actually were able to get approved for an apartment come September. Um, so it was definitely not an easy transition to go to New York, but I knew that if I was going to make my dreams come true, I had to be here. So true. I, you're such a self-starter and I, you know, I guess it's another word for entrepreneur, but there's such a gusto within your energy and being to keep moving forward, which is contagious. <laughs> I'm sure for anyone who hangs around you, I'll speak for myself. Um, is there is there a dialogue in your mind daily or is there a, a, a thought process in your subconscious that keeps you moving forward? Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because um, I feel that sometimes there's this narrative of toxic positivity that can get thrown around when people tend to um, look at situations in the best way possible, no matter what that is. But I really do um, view life in that way. Um, from a young age, I knew that um, the world was my canvas and that uh, my parents really instilled in me the values that, you know, hey, you can be what you want to be. Um, just work hard and you can get there. Like we believe in you and we love you. And um, that really like kind of kept the momentum for me from a young age of like, OK, like, you know, things are going to get hard. Life is going to happen. But the more I just keep going and pick myself up at the end of the day, the more I will find that I will get the things out of life that I really want. And uh, 
it is it's easier said than done um i do have a lot of self doubt at times and i think a, a lot of people have that negative self talk of oh you're not good enough or who are you to be doing this or even for me I, i'm <laughs> really young in terms of the players in the industry and for me just starting out that is something that i'm very conscious of and um as a young 23 year old producer um navigating the world of an industry where most people are almost like mostly twice my age if not more it's it's hard to be taken seriously sometimes um and i think me staying strong to knowing that i provide value and that i am i am enough um that's really what gets me through um so there's this little mantra that one of my professors told us in class um during acting school and it was you are enough and it is such a simple phrase but it really does resonate with me um because in any sort of times of doubt it's it's a great reminder that you possess everything that you need to live your best life already there is nothing more than you need than your yourself and your self love so um yeah that's a secret to life and I really yeah. wonder if, you know, everyone who listens, if everyone's going to catch that, that is a secret to life. When you realize it it's all inside of you, you can just yeah. go, go, go. Yeah. And I think another, another big thing that I like to practice is the idea of giving myself that motivation to, um, to keep going in as many ways as possible. I actually have a whiteboard in my apartment that we hung on the wall and you can write any quote on it so anytime i have friends over i ask them to write a quote on the wall um and they're all just motivational things or quotes that spoke to people and it's a daily reminder for me of you know hey like it's okay you can breathe and here are all these people who said these different things that also help them keep going so that's something that is just a visual reminder for me to to keep going I love that. I love this. Are you, do you have mentors and are yeah. there any standout pieces of advice as of late that come to mind with, um, any of the mentors? Uh, yeah. So let me think. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I actually, uh, I have some really great mentors who um, are New York City based producers and um, I have received copious amounts of grand advice from these people uh, just on every aspect of producing, but I think something that sticks out is the idea that um, we're in this for the long game and nowhere in this career do we have to achieve everything overnight. Um, I know for me, from just sort of generationally, I feel this pressure to succeed very fast and at an accelerated rate, because it seems as though um, you get to a level and it feels that you are already behind because you see everyone above you or everyone who is more successful than you. Um, and really the perspective that they open for me is the idea that, um, you know, hey, like you can take your time to 
achieve your dreams. There is only so many, uh, so many things you can give to life. And the more you allow yourself to have the energy and the being to give to each and every one of those things, the better they will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and in regards to producing and how that correlates, it's like, for me, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I need to be on like 10 shows a year and, um, you know, make everything happen really fast. Like I need to yeah, uh, be producing on the UK by the time I'm 25. Like, you know, all of these like goals that are just not that they're unrealistic. It is that they are unimportant for what my mission truly is. My mission is to be an, um, an artistic force that can not only provide value, but also um, foster a community of new artists uh, through the power of theater. And um, that is not through being on every show I can possibly be on. That is not through being on only the shows that I deem impactful, it is through doing the work and steadily growing to make that happen. Um, And yeah, so I think that would be the best advice I've received. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.